Hey there, it's Dr. Heidi. You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, a podcast geared towards the things you may be misunderstanding about the difficult relationships in your life. I did not understand it when I was in it, but I definitely understand it now, and I want to share that understanding with you so that you too can find the courage you didn't know you had to make the changes you didn't think you could make. Good morning. Welcome back to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, Rid Your Life of Toxic People. This is Dr. Heidi, obviously, because Dr. Heidi is the only one that's ever introducing the It's Not Normal, It's Toxic podcast. First thing off, I have a couple of announcements. Um, The conference, the national conference is coming up in St. Louis, and I've announced it the last couple episodes. But I will tell you, the stuff that I've had to deal with this week has been I don't even know how to describe it. High intensity and very, very continual. Um, I don't know if it's because the holidays are over and things are settling back down, but the things I've seen in the media and the things that I have had to deal with personally with my clients and the things that other professionals right now are dealing with on the toxic relationship realm are huge. If you look in the media just this week, there's been people quitting their jobs because of toxic situations and big, big people. So the whole toxic relationship uh, idea and um, the, the recognizing of it is really, really big right now. So if you've been noticing that or if you've been coming off the holiday craziness, uh, the conference, this is the third national conference that I'm hosting in St. Louis. And basically what the conference entails is my entire program condensed into two days. And what I do is I do a ton of education. We go through the character traits of the toxic person, what they do, but more importantly, why they do them. Because once you understand why a toxic person does what they do, it is much easier for you to accept your situation, identify your situation, and then move on, um, whether it's remove yourself or figure out how to operate within that situation. So that conference is, it's not normal, it's toxic. It's the third national conference. The dates are March 27, 28, and 29. The registration link is open and the early bird price for the ticket is available right now. So you can go to my website at Coaching with Dr. Heidi, or you can go to the Facebook page in the events because the conference link and registration link is there also. So that's the announcement for today. And now special guest today, I've been waiting. Um, I had the honor of being on a podcast that this guest has a few months ago, and we've been trying to get him back on the my podcast but with holidays and everything coming up this was the first time that we we're able to do it and I think it's perfect because it's the beginning of the new year so I'd like to welcome Pete Chase to the podcast. hi everyone to the podcast today and you're gonna love his voice because he is a podcaster himself and his voice is just really calming so I I, I get like wrapped up in listening to his voice and can't pay attention to what I'm doing so anyway he does have his own podcast. And Pete, I'm just going to let you introduce yourself here and just tell them a little bit about what you do um, as far as your work. So I am actually uh, an entrepreneur. Um, so I've started a couple of businesses here and there. Um, and right now I'm focusing on podcasting, and but more so right now writing. So I'm writing a book on entrepreneurship. I'm also writing a book on um, 
I'm sorry, I'm also writing a book on dating dynamics, um, both the dating dynamic books and the uh, entrepreneur books will be trilogies. So coming out with one this year and then, you know, for the next three, three to four years, uh, um, once the trilogy is complete and um, working on talks, uh, getting out there, doing public speaking, motivational speaking, and um, just really having fun with it. So um, going back to writing, which is um, one of my first loves, um, have you, you know, always been a writer? Have you always liked to write? Yeah. Um, for me, it started with, uh, drawing and each drawing I had had its own story. Um, I don't remember 99% of what those stories were, but I just remember always thinking, oh, they look like this because of this. And, right. um, so that's, that's how it started initially, um, and I don't really draw much anymore. I always doodle. That's always been like kind of how I process things. I think you mentioned um, that before on the yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. And then, um, but yeah, just I, I've been so busy with uh, the business side of me, of myself through my entrepreneurial endeavors that I really, I've been writing, but it's been, I've been writing commercial scripts. I've been writing uh, templates. I've been writing uh boring HR stuff, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> outlines and all this other, you know, right. Corporate, more business structured stuff. So getting back to where I find the most joy and I, and I do like writing those things as well because it all fits into the business and I love business and um, entrepreneurship, but getting back to the core where, um, you know, these, I, uh, with especially with the Trep Life book, I'm able to combine um, fictional elements with non-fictional elements, and also going in on um, a historical basis. So I'm really excited for that book, and I'm also really excited for the Dating Dynamics book. I'm excited so, for the Dating Dynamics book, although I'm married and I don't need to date. I'm still yes to read that book. Now, um, the business part of it. So the entrepreneurship. I mean, you're an entrepreneur, but correct me if I'm wrong, but you also like to address the struggles and the things that entrepreneurs go through when trying to be an entrepreneur, right? Yeah, definitely. So that that's what really draws me to um, your podcast and your platform um, and the work that you do. So um, I think we actually connected through a Facebook page, which yes. was linked to the actual podcasting. And yes. one of us threw a, hey, who wants to be a guest type post out there. And that's how we first connected. And I think I got a message from you that said, okay, I was, I saw your guest, you know, you wanting to be a guest or I was asking for guests or something. I don't remember, but I got a message from you that said, okay, I listened to basically binged your podcast over the weekend. And I feel like it kind of resonated with my life. And I remember okay. reading that thinking, here I've got a podcaster listening to my podcast and I always have to say who has time to listen to podcasts. Podcast, yes. But but so you are not a podcaster's know. podcaster, but you produce great content, so we forgive you for it, you know? <laughs> right. Um, so tell me a little bit about that because I think how you insinuated it was you listened to one and you were like, wait, this sounds like my life, and you listened to another one. And so kind of just tell how you know, my podcast started resonating with you and we got more on a connected level as far as both, you know, personal and as far as business. Right. 
so for me, um, my process when um, I research guests, because, um, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I've had a phenomenal guest list. Like I've seen it. It's and you're very consistent with it, too. Yeah. So I, I like the fact that I don't have just the guests that are run of the mill that are, you know, mediocre, just, you, you know, cause you get in this habit with podcasting where people are just willing to come on your podcast. You're willing to go on their podcast. You say the same things and it's super generic. Right. And that's never the podcast I wanted to have. Um, and so I always try to research it and I, I have to connect with the guest in some way, shape or form. And I try to be a multifaceted person so that I can connect and but truly connect and build genuine connections with people, um, you know, prior to having them on the podcast. Um, And but when we're on the podcast so that the content is there, that's what I'm always about. That's always going to be my first priority. So um, with yours, very it's a niche um, market. But it definitely um, reach resonates with a lot of people in ways that I don't think you even always uh, kind of anticipated, you know, from some of our conversations. Right. And um, because I remember at first you were uh, kind of hesitant. You're like, well, you're doing an entrepreneurship business podcast, leadership, whatever. Do you think that really works with what I'm doing? And I'm like, most definitely. And it, and I think you saw it once we um, kind of started having more conversations. It, it started like, oh, wait, maybe this does actually, maybe entrepreneurs will get something out of it. And, yeah. um, and that's funny, too, because, you know, since then, I've expanded my, my practice from relationships in the intimate or family. Um, I was just featured in Forbes a couple months ago on toxicity in the workplace. Yes, I remember. Yeah, so now I'm like, you know, kind of incorporating all because it's really, it's all the same game for lack of a better term, but. It's the same game, just different, different phases of it, you know. Yep. It appears differently and, you know, versus the workplace and, um, but I think all of it can affect you in different ways, um, the way it manifests itself. So um, your toxic work relationships can be just as traumatic as your interpersonal relationships, right? Absolutely. Especially if that's, you know, your means of making a living. Right. And, you know, you're going in as either unfulfilled or, you know, under a, you know, anxiety type feeling when you go to work. Um, When you, so when you started listening to my podcast, obviously you do that because you're screening your guests. Right. But what was the thing that made you go, oh, yeah, I, I, feel like I understand this what episodes did I tell you about um because I remember it very clearly I was listening to um episode on betrayal yes I remember that and maybe maybe denial uh not I don't know maybe denial I'm gonna pull it up but um no uh it definitely I listened to 
at first I didn't listen to them all consecutively. I listened to them based on um, what I thought. Oh, I've got it. It says, I just favorited your podcast. I listened to the decisions and the betrayal episodes. Yes, 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 definitely. And so for those, um, I had really gone through a streak. Oh, actually, I, I would say the last three years have been some of the roughest years of my life, um, just in terms of relationships and personality and everything. Um, and the betrayal episode resonated with me um, just because it, I thought of multiple people who I felt like had betrayed me and how that resonated with me still and um, maybe was affecting newer relationships. So when you say that, was that, you know, was that upbringing? Was that friends? What type of relationship? Um, So, you know, not to, you know, give uh, too much uh, detail, But um, a previous uh, relationship, I definitely felt betrayed by. We've talked about that a little bit, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, And then, um, you know, this is kind of more obvious, but uh, I'm not going to mention any names. My former business partner, I definitely kind of felt uh, betrayed by how, you know, his exit from the company and kind of how he went about it. you know, sending me a text message rather than having a conversation with me that he no longer wanted to be business partners and he was going to do his own thing now. Um, you know, which was, you know, kind of shocking all at once. And, you know, then you hear things through the grapevine that maybe things are being said and, you know, mm-hmm. you don't know what's true, you know, and you, you kind of want to distance yourself from that altogether. And um, it was hard because I still have to go on and do do what's best for me, do what's best for the company, first and foremost. Um, but you no longer have some vision with you and working hard to execute on or, making that vision or you reality. That they never shared the vision with you. They were in it for themselves. All, the right. Time. All the time. And so balancing what what's true about that. Right. So. Was it that we just lost, he did share the vision at one point and then he something happened and he did not? Or was it he never shared and it was just always, he was, you know, I was a means to an end. Right. And, and, then, you, and then you sit there and go back and go, okay, so was it my lack of noticing that I was being taken advantage of? Like, did I totally miss it from the beginning? from the beginning yeah yes and and the thing i think too that now you're gonna get me going on stuff but the thing here that then it makes you feel like okay well you know it takes you down a notch because now i didn't recognize that and i just got taken advantage of again and now i gotta start over and it's that whole self-defeating you know and not that we think of it this way but the whole i'm not good enough or how does this always happen to me just when i think things are right then Ta-da. And that's exactly what was going on. It was like, I, I think by the time he left, we were further away from our goals than we ever really had been. They they did feel, um, it, it, it felt like we were 
our, our relationship had kind of been fraying for a while, but we both had a conversation where we were talking about getting back to, you know, getting back to basics for us and um, becoming that dynamic duo again between each other and um, rebuilding the relationship and moving forward with the company in a productive way. And that conversation happened maybe not even a week before he texted me that he decided to leave. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was kind of jarring. Um, Cause it's like, okay, how can you have genuine conversations with people then? Exactly. You're trying to build around, right? Cause you're, those are the pivotal conversations where it's like, I'm changing major things to my life based on what we're talking about here. And if, if that's not something that you really want to do, someone can kind of set you back where um, that's not the case. And then, you know, some other things happen. Uh, he started working with uh, a friend of mine that uh, where we were, all the three of us were supposed to work together. And then he started wanting to work with him, you know, solo to do his own thing, which I didn't really care about. Um, but, uh, someone that he knows through me and I, I kept hearing about that, those things where it was like, he still wanted to use my connections, still wanted to use some of my ideas, but didn't necessarily want to, you know, I, well, I, I and, and that's fine. That's everyone's prerogative. I don't really care about that. But that, you know, that goes back to, we were just talking, the toxic person's a toxic person, no matter which type of relationship you're in. And right. That goes right back to, you know, being in control and and not not having the conscience to worry about how their decisions and their actions affect other people. Because once he decided what he was doing and that he wasn't going to you know work with you anymore, it didn't really matter to him what happened to you. So right. he moves on, you know, using his resources elsewhere, not even and it doesn't even phase him the damage that he's done to you. You know? and, and, and that reality sunk in where it was like, this is a guy that, you know, if I had to, I would have taken a bullet for. And I don't mean that in a hyperbolic sense at all. I truly felt that way. You know, like, this is my brother. I, I'm going to have his back. And, and we did. And, and that that's the part. We had each other's backs for a number of years. And I think, um, you know, we did have a good foundation for um, a productive partnership and friendship, uh, brotherhood. But when you see all that kind of just go up and smoke, it, it you know, it kind yeah. of shatters you a little bit. Yeah. So then, so then what did you, you know, because my, I'll tell you what, what my initial response when something like that on any, you know, in any level happens, friendships, coworkers, whatever, it puts me back almost way too far. And I think that that probably has mm. partly to do with my past and the triggers that I have to deal with because, because when something like that happens, it's, it never sets me back a little bit. I feel like it always sets me back because I have been through it before and it gets, it makes you, it makes you super defeated because you're like here, when is my time coming? Right. I've been through this and I've been through this and I've been through this and now this, and I, I feel like we beat ourselves up for the actions of other people, because rather than going, oh, no, he's clearly toxic. And he, you know, clearly that was a lesson I need to learn. We go back to see here we are again and we're never going to we're never going to make it. And now we got to start over. And, you know, and you really have to stay out of the negative mindset when you are in repetitive toxic situations. 
Absolutely. Um, and that's something I, I am struggling with. I'm, I'm not even going to say I struggled with, I am struggling with that. Um, and not just in that situation, but in other toxic relationships as I have more life, you know, my, mm-hmm. um, you know, my mother made the comment and, and other people, um, you know, a previous relationship made the comment where I think people saw that just based on some of the things that happened that I tried not to really share, not really talk about, but certain things would come up, um, you know, where I was, when I was trying to reconcile, resolve the situation, improve the situation, grow as a leader, you know, I'm asking like, here, was I wrong in this situation? Like, this is what's kind of going on. And the feedback that I get from people was like, no, like, wait, what is he doing? Like, where people saw that the the relationship probably wasn't as healthy as maybe I wanted it to be, Mm -hmm. but I had that blind spot. Right. So then you get, um, you know, you get people who you lose credibility with them. It's where it's like, well, he keeps picking these wrong people in his life and or going uh, back to the wrong people and you know and we've told him not right yeah and so that part um you know as an entrepreneur as a business person and as a leader you definitely need to have credibility well you and i would even say as a person right you need to have the confidence too and every time you go like that you're like oh here we go again here we go again, you know, something that you would bet money on. And it doesn't matter that I was right 90% of the time, but that, that percent, that time, that moment, you know, you fell short. And Mm so um, I have to do a lot of self-work where I I'm rebuilding the confidence because um, not just because of that situation, but because of other I, I do have a traumatic history with, you know, toxic relationships and other ongoing events, like, uh, even though, you know, with the women I date it. So it's just, it, it's a pattern of something mm-hmm. that I, I have to be mindful of. Yeah. And you know what it's, that's exactly, I'm going to plug my, myself here just to really quick. Um, and the only reason I'm doing that is, you know, I have listeners and, uh, there is a spot for therapy and there's a spot for counseling. And so I don't want anybody to think that I, I don't promote those, but the difference that I, that I do in my programs. And when I, you know, when I speak, even on this podcast, I try to educate the Pete's of the world, how to recognize those character traits as soon as you see them. And the reason is, is because like, you're a good caring person that wants to help people. So we don't see the first red flag and go, oh, that's probably a red flag. We see the first red flag and go, oh, they were probably having a bad day. Or, you know, we don't know what's going on at home. Or we give them the benefit of the doubt. And and I think people like us with personalities like us have to be twice as, twice as observant. When we see a red flag, we have to go, no, that probably really is a sign and I really need to watch for it. And I hate it that we have to be so on guard but the education and knowing it and then choosing yourself over it is we have to do it for our entire life, partly because of, you know, past experiences, but also because of the personalities we have to help people and to be nice to people. And you were probably brought up that 
you know, don't judge a book by its cover and give people a second chance and, you know, always be willing to help. And so we fall back into that, which then we end up in the situations we end up in with this continual revolving door of toxic people coming in and out. Right. And, um, you know, for me, I was born with a mother who, um, not, not born with a mother, but I was raised by a mother who um, is very intuitive and can, you know, has definitely has the gift of foresight more so than I've seen in anyone else. Um, mm-hmm. And so she was able to pick out things even when I was kids. Uh, I don't think, I don't know if you should be friends with them. She never picked out fr- my friends for me, but she would see things before they happen mm-hmm. in, in pretty accurate detail, you know, not just j- ominous mother chirping sort of, you know, Right. So is she still in your life? Yeah, definitely. Um, we're not as close um, as we used to be because we used to, you know, be extremely close. Uh, but we're, I, I think we have a we have a relationship, I would say. So what do you feel like you do different now after going through, you know, stuff in your upbringing and relationships and work partners and you know just professional what do you feel like you do different now as far as protecting yourself and moving forward with the people that are right for you well currently right now in my life I don't really see anyone that's right for me there's um I am uh I guess somewhat seeing someone right now but it's very new, so mm-hmm. I don't want to put too much investment in that. Um, but I, I just have to kind of like go back to my instincts because I'm the type of person that I I have what my mother has, and, and I I think I've taken it up a notch where I see a lot of things before they come, and that's something that people I think gives me credibility with people because. I can usually see, like, I do it in business, but I can also do it in interpersonal relationships. Okay, um, so so you're basically, now you feel like you're to the point where when red flags pop up, you're able to acknowledge the fact that that's what that is. Because it, you're, it, for me, it's see- never been about acknowledging them. It's been about my response to them has been, I think, sometimes misguided. It's been too open-hearted, where I I see the red flags and... Um, I'm like, well, maybe I've given people red flags before, you know, so I always try to put it back on myself as a leader. And so um, it's hard to do that. Um, and I think sometimes I do that when I shouldn't, when I shouldn't, right? When right. I, when I need to just say, like, cut my losses, because that, that's a big part of my philosophy is I believe in taking the early loss. So instead of um, you know, is going back to the the business relationship, my partnership. Um, that it was about three years that we were working together, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, and maybe it probably should have been closer to eighteen months, two years. Right, but here's the other thing: when you say that you've you've kind of just um, decided that taking the early loss is better for you, at the end of the day the early loss is actually the win in the long run. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, the longer you stay in it, the more you lose. Right. 
So take yeah. that early loss so that you're you're not spending that time and time is a non-renewable resource. And time increases or enhances the bond, right? Because you're you're more invested the more time you spend in anything. And time also will increase the toxicity. Right. So either way, if it's a good thing, it's going to be good. And if it's a, not a good thing, it's going to be not so good, you know? So um, for me right now, I, I'm still learning uh, best coping mechanisms. And I, I think I'm much more, I'm naturally an introvert, although I don't think people always necessarily um, would categorize me as an introvert. You're an introvert that has a podcast all over the world. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I do public speaking and all this other stuff. And I was known to be a partier back in my day. And so uh, people don't uh, kind of see me as that. But I'm actually either an INTF or an INTJ uh, okay. on the Myers-Briggs. But, <laughs> yeah, so... I, but most of the time, I I think I have this uh, reputation as as being kind of mysterious, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or I've had girls, you know, ask me like, "Are you a bad boy?" Or you know, and mm-hmm. I I think that's um, so it, it's interesting because it's like I have my kind of reputation persona versus what my actual real personality may or may not be like right mm-hmm. well that, um, and that's a, that's kind of a self-protection thing right i, I will tell you, i don't i don't have an introvert i don't have an eye in any of my stuff anyway <laughs> probably detrimental i probably should inject an an introvert in there somewhere but um so if you could kind of summarize how you see yourself now as opposed to how you see yourself, you know, 10 years ago? Um, so right because now, of all the growth and all the, right. the and the, you know, the receptiveness and um, your sense of listening to your gut, you know, do you, do you feel like you're even the same person or do you feel like, no, I'm, you know, because you're not so worried about keeping people in your life now, you know, if they show up in your life and they bounce off, it's, you're not you're not as affected by it as you used to be you know we used to grab on and want to hang on to everything right um i think i'm i'm more or less the same i'm trying to go back to me at 17 um so i i would say i just i'm more focused than i used to be I know more than I used to. Um, and so I think it's harder for the toxic things to really creep in. Where um, I, I know more about environments and the importance of putting myself in good environments. And that's something that I don't do. And I, I think I, I fault myself a lot for that. Do you, um, have, do you have environments that you've found that you've put yourself in and it's, and it's been hard to leave them like for professional reasons or financial reasons or, you know. um, yeah. So I, I actually, 
I I have a an environment now in which I'm kind of in, um, that, well, two environments. Uh, you know, financially for financial reasons, my home environment, um, is not good right now at all. Uh, but my, um, I do some volunteering, and I think that environment hasn't been good um, for a while, but I feel kind of compelled to kind of serve in that, um, mm -hmm. serve in that role, but that role is coming to an end. So, um, you know, I, I kind of see myself as 2020 continues getting out of some of these uh, environments and looking for what actually is a good environment for me. Um, you know, like, I think when we did the podcast, I was actually living in D.C., and um, I'm back in Chicago, the Chicago area now, and I, I, my goal is to actually move to California, because I feel like that would be my next bit major mm -hmm. growth opportunity, and probably the best environment for me, and what I want to do creatively, um, as just well personally. Well, everybody wants to move to California, don't they? Yeah, right. I guess I'm cliche. I actually, I actually probably wouldn't move to California, but I'm, you know, kind of a northerner. Yeah, you're you're a country gal. So, so tell me how how do you if you can make recommendations to our entrepreneurs because you know us as entrepreneurs we have to stick our neck out and when we have to stick our neck out to find marketing and to have help with you know, whatever it is that we need help with and to make connections because entrepreneurs' lives are about making connections, okay? So right. when, you, when you stick your little connection fingers out into the public, you know, how do, if you could give a recommendation on how to not let toxic people in, even if you feel like your business needs them, you know, how do you, what would you recommend telling the listeners about, you know, focusing on your business regardless, because if you do let toxic people in, it's going to be a catastrophe. So, so how do you say, how do you recommend how you stay focused? Cause I know, right. I mean, you're always sending me technical stuff on how to do this better. And I mean, you, you do a ton of stuff. So mm -hmm. I know that you've got your fingers in a lot of different areas. And so how do you, how do you go about filtering through and just knowing that, yes, that person would help my business, but that person is not going to help me. How do you teach yourself to say, yeah, no, they're not good for what I got going on? Well, structurally speaking, so if you think someone could be good for your business, but they're not good for you, then strategically you could set it up where it would be a limited, um, a limited venture, a limited joint venture uh, okay. would be something I would be open to, which is really just, we're going to work on this project and this project alone, and we're not going to be in each other's lives. So then you're not getting your signals crossed. You're not thinking, oh, I'm trying to build a relationship with this person. Um, our business can progress it with each other. No, you limit it to strictly, and, you, and that way you keep the focus strictly on the business side of things. And so then you'll find out pretty quickly 
And then again, you have to assess, is that person still an asset when you're just focusing on business? Is this mm-hmm. person bringing value to my business, which is your end goal? And then right. you don't. Staying distant like that, that keeps them infiltrating into the control position. The, I mean, if you have your business together, they can't infiltrate the control position. And if you're clear about um, exactly defining what their role is and what the expectations are, they can't do that. They Now, they can try, but that's where you as a business person, as an entrepreneur, step up strategically and assert yourself. And you have a growth opportunity there. So um, for, for me, it's just staying focused on the task at hand and finishing okay. that out. So... When, when the conversations start going somewhere other than the project, you, you, you refocus immediately. And, it isn't, and you do it as often as you need to. Because eventually, the toxic person is going, they're not going to continue. And hopefully, the project will be over by that time. You so know? it's just, just like in personal relationships. It's all about holding your boundaries. Nope, Gotta have the bound. Nope. This is what we agreed to. And going back to the boundaries. Okay. I want to switch complete topics really quick. Okay. Um, I want to talk about your dating dynamics book. Okay. Okay. So what, what, um, speaking you know, of which I wanted to have you on my game gurus podcast, but we didn't get uh, a chance to do that. We, we still have to do that. I need to have you on. Oh. I'll be on any podcast because like I said, I'm such an introvert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what inspired the dating dynamics? I was really surprised to hear that that was what your other book was in. Yeah. So. uh, Like, are you coming from a perspective of, you know, dating advice or are you telling stories about dating or what is, what is the. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do a little bit of both, but it's mostly I'm setting out guidelines and terminology. So, I mean, everyone can give advice. So I, I kind of, and I think the internet is, especially YouTube is saturated with dating advice. And most of it, to be honest, is ridiculous. Um, it, it, it's so absurd um, that it, it doesn't, I, I, People don't need to listen to that. And that, that's my problem is people are getting bad information. So for me, the I'm going to just go cover a basis because I'm, I'm going to build a I'm going to do a webinar on this um, pretty soon here. Um, still finalizing it. But so the basis of my philosophy when it comes to dating dynamics are the five R's, okay. and that is reading, or read, respond, responding, research, um, and reflection, real and real integrity. So, I'm writing these down just in case some, just in case yeah. any clients need them. Yeah. So, for me, the way I learn the game and and, and that's what I call it. Uh, I learned it from 
the the just the process of reading you have to read the situation so think about it in terms of just studying body language studying nonverbal communication studying what's being said monitoring your environment mm-hmm. and, and so this, that all goes with safety too safety yeah all of it and so um i think and i think men and women can use these um but i i must admit i think especially the first book will have more of a bias to guys i think guys will probably be more of the target market but i think there will be content in there that um women can resonate with hopefully we'll we'll see when it's finally all said and done Mm -hmm. but um i'll I'll be excited to read that yeah i'm definitely going to have to send you an early copy but um and then I'll, i'll send you Uh, the information on the five R's what I have written out so far but that's what it all it all goes back to your reading your your ability to read a situation and how you're responding to the situation and I think you can take those skill sets and apply them to every aspect of life not just dating because this isn't a book about um you know, a lot of times when guys talk about dating dynamics, it's, oh, they're, we're being accused of promoting hookup culture. And that's not what I'm promoting at all. Um, yes, have I had my experiences with hookup culture? Absolutely. Um, not something I regret, but again, not something I would promote either. And so I think that people get tired of dating, too. Right. And- no, if it's because, you know, there's all the dating sites and stuff. It's it's like a job now. Yeah, but because they're going about it the right way. Like, yeah, if you're going on 10 dates, like I, I saw, um, you know, some girls said it was only, I think, 10 days into the year. And she's, she had a, a Instagram post where she was talking about how many dates have you been on? And then she proceeded to talk about how she had been on five dates already in the new year, five or six dates. And she was like, all of them were bad. Well, um, there's a reason why all of them were bad. And, and, you know, I'm thinking about this because I have people in my life now that are, are really dating hard um, because yeah. they, you know, with the law of attraction, they believe that person is out there. And they are. Yeah, and so, so, you know, I'll get, I'm not a dating, I'm not a relationship, you know, connoisseur. I'm a toxic relationship specialist, but, but I, I've never really had to go through the whole dating thing. So when people ask me questions, like, should I keep going on dates? Like, should I stay on the websites and should I really put myself out there? Or do we wait for people to come to us? I don't know how to answer that. Do you have any input on that? I mean, I think it all goes back to reading. So those are the the two R's that I think are fundamental to what I do. Um, So reading the situation, understanding one, and let me go back to this. This environment right now, this era of dating is the most complicated 
era of dating in the history of modern dating. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I'm, I'm thankful that I'm not in it. Right. So, and, and that's not to say that you can't apply um, older techniques, but it's knowing when to apply these things. Okay. Um, so, I, I, I listen to people like um, Rom Wills or Alan Roger Curry or um, definitely Tariq uh, Nasheed with his Mac lessons. And all their content came in the 90s, uh, early 2000s. Some of, not not some, a good majority of what they say, a vast majority of their content is still applicable today. But knowing what is applicable and what's not applicable is the key distinction. And people don't know how to do that because they're not actually going through the process. They're, they're taking advice rather than learning how to think in that um, method, methodology. Right. And, and I think there's so much information out there too that you yeah. can read and read and read and read and then you still don't apply any of it because there's so much stuff. And then everything's not for everyone, right? So, like uh, you were listening, you were talking up about uh, the in the in the jump episode, right? Right. So about how people different goals, what works for someone else might not work for you. So if your goal is to sleep with twenty people, um, every year. Um, you might have a different way of going about that versus someone who really just wants to be in a monogamous relationship, right? And is just looking for that right person that they have the higher compatibility with. So I guess it's just like anything else in your life. You have to know what you you have to know what you want, and you have to know what you don't want. You have to, and and to do that, oftentimes I think we do have to date. I think you. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a bad date. That oh, kind of uh, should, should solidify for you that you, what you want and what you don't want. And it experiments. Now, I think depending on what your level of experience and engagement is, uh, that should change. Like, I, I think usually traditionally, and everyone has their own process and journey, so I, I, I'm not shaming anyone into anything. But usually by high school, um, you have, you're starting to create an idea of what you like and what you don't like, right? Right. And then maybe you get into college, some of the, you grow as a person, so those things change. And again, all, these things are always changing as, as you live and grow as a person. So something that you liked, you know, five years ago, just, you're not going to tolerate that in a person anymore based on previous relationships or maybe your own personal growth. Right. And, and it is growth lessons and growth. Yes. And so that to me is what people have to focus on. Are you growing? Are you learning? And if the answer is no, then we have to figure out why, why are you not growing? Why are you not learning from these experiences? So, so you're saying take every, I'll say date for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. take every date as an adventure, take it as an experience that you need to learn something from and then take something away from it. Yeah. But, you know, going back to this, 
if if you're in your late 20s and your early 30s and you're going on 10 consecutive bad dates there's a problem you 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 should know what you want and what you don't want at that point where you shouldn't have 10 consecutive bad dates and then honestly it goes right back into listening to listening to your gut yeah so it leads you all back to it. Well, good. I'm excited about that book. I, I'm not going to ask you when it's going to be out because I know writing is a thing that, it, you know, takes its own time. I um, hope to have it done pretty soon here. It's coming along pretty well. Good for you. Um, so is there any final anything you want to let the listeners know or advice you want to give them or tips? Um, check out... If you want to know more about the relationship side of things, uh, check out the podcast Game Gurus. Um, Game like G-A-M-E? G-A-M-E Gurus. Okay. Um, so we might be starting up another season of that soon. I have, I think, three or four episodes um, that I haven't dropped from there because um, we, I had a... A partner on there and uh he decided that he didn't want to continue on with the show so um we okay so you have game gurus which is the dating type dating of... dynamics yep oh, okay and then your other podcast is trep life correct? trep is life that... yes for entrepreneurial and trep life is definitely for the entrepreneurs it's about uh entrepreneurship empowerment and empathy those are our three core concepts for that one um and we have 50 episodes of that uh, Trep Life won't be coming back until I finish the Trep Life book, and then we'll break out season two. But I, I actually have started uh, talking with some people about coming on for season two. So I think um, we'll, we'll have definitely have new people, but we're going to have uh, some of your favorites like Dr. Heidi back on for season two as well. Oh, woo, Dr. Heidi. You know what? I was just thinking that I'll, I'll kind of keep a list of entrepreneurs that I think may be good for that, too. And I can send you that list. But absolutely. Thank- Thank you for being on here today. If anybody has questions, they can message them into me through the website or through one of the social media sites. And I can get that um, to Pete. If there's an entrepreneur or somebody that's got dating questions, I can hook you up with his contact information as well. So Pete, thanks for being here. And I'm sure we will be cross podcasting again sometime soon. Yes. Thank you for having me. And have a good weekend. You too. Take care. Bye.